And you're very welcome to Wade in to look back on the weekend just got indeed the week that just was because we had Chester all last week. We had some very interesting horses to emerge from there as well as the weekend just gone. The Derby picture is all over the shop after the favourite Luxembourg was officially ruled out. Aidan O'Brien then had two or three more to come in. And we have a favourite who was very impressive at Leopardstown yesterday. Delighted to be joined by a shorter crew than normal this week in Mr. Kevin Blake. How are you, Kev? I'm sure I'll go to you, yeah. Not a bother on me. Good. It's not that you're shorter than normal. You're the same height as you ever were, which is, what, <laughs> six foot? Uh, sure, not, not, a, not a million miles away here. It's all about perspective. In the it's world all about of perspective, Mar- and it's all about the shoes you're wearing. Isn't that right, Vanessa? Some in the, shoes in the world, smaller, some shoes make you look smaller. In the world of Dan Barber, I'm a giant. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the topic of shoes, right, here's a good one for you, and height and all these things just before we kick off. So I was at Ascot the other day, and I met this lady, and she'd obviously had a bit to drink, and she asked me where my shoes were from. And I said, oh, I'm a bit of trouble with shoes because I'm so tall, I've got size nine feet, bit of a nightmare. Found these online. She said, oh, do let me know, because my husband likes to dress up as a woman, and we often can't <laughs> find shoes for him. Right. And of course, I thought she was joking, but she wasn't joking. And we went on to have a long conversation about where he might get his shoes from. So there I am, just helping the greater good out there. Hey, this this day and age, lads, each to their own and the best of luck to them. Listen, absolutely. absolutely. We're here for it. We are all here. We're all here about diversity. Speaking of diversity, the most diverse member of our little band is is not uh, with us today. Tony Calvin is not here, but uh, shout out to TC and hope all is well. We will progress nonetheless, guys, because we have a lot to talk about. And look, Kev, we'll start with the Derby picture. Um, it's it's gone all over the place. You know, anybody who was on Luxembourg Andy Post for the Derby will be a little bit sore, I guess, with the news that he's come out this weekend. He's going to have some box rest, and hopefully he'll be all right uh, for the latter part of the season, which is what Aidan O'Brien seemed to suggest. But in the meantime, we had Aidan O'Brien Derby horses come in all over the place. We had um, Stone Stone Age yesterday at Leopardstown, who's now, I think, 6-1 to one favourite. He had Star of India at Chester last week. He had United, United Nations on Saturday. I mean, Aidan O'Brien alone has some incredible... Um, Derby horses, Kevin. So, of the Derby horses that you've seen in the last week, which was the most impressive? Was it yesterday's one? Um, in terms of a piece of form, it, it probably has to be Stone Age yesterday. You know, I think there was four horses rated 105 plus there, and he really put a stamp on it. Um, jumped out, made all one easy. Um, so that that probably elevates him. And look, it's not a mystery. He's he's the fav now for the Derby, and rightfully so. But yeah. it's one of those you like. The, the, we saw more of him at two than most of the others, so we know more about him, um, and he's got to a higher level this year. But the others, like there was, there was something at least, if not plenty, to like about the rest of them too. Um, the rest of them would have had less racing as two-year-olds. They might be on a more of a, a steeper curve of improvement. So Sherlock only this day last week we were talking about Derby pitcher maybe lacking a bit of depth. Um, but look, this is trial season. We've had a bunch of them now. We have uh, the Dante to come uh, this week. So look, it's all, it's all shaping up. It's still a it's still a fairly open picture, but uh, we've a hell of a lot nice, you know, nicer bunch of uh, horses for us ahead of the market this week than we did uh, last week. It's fair to say. Yeah, we do. Just I mean, like Stone Age is, is two to one, five to two, uh, roughly favourite at the moment. Vanessa. Then you have like Star of India. 10 to 1 is in there. United Nations, so I mentioned one on Saturday at 12 to 1 as well. You've got your own Eden in there at 14 to 1 is the question on him, um, which we'll get to a little bit later on. So, look, it, it, you know, I guess with Luxembourg coming out now, it has shaken things up. I don't know if we're any more wiser after what we saw in the last week or not, but what's, what's your own view? Oh, it's really, I think I think the, the shape of the derby is really like 
had a bit of a reshuffling of the pack, obviously, but it's it's more interesting now than it ever was before. Um, because as Kevin's touched upon, there's something to like about everything, and they all for me they all bring in various different elements, and it's about what you like in a horse going to the Derby when trying to find the winner of it. Um, I can see the attraction for Stone Age of all the Derby trial horses, the Derby trials that we've seen. He was probably the flat, well, he was the flashiest of them, and afterwards it was hammered home this very high cruising speed that he has which was well um advertised in the derby trial at leopardstown i can see the attraction with him but just at the prices and look he didn't look to be stopping either going through the line i suppose he was you know that it, he does have a very attractive profile you know with that high cruising speed he's going to be able to get himself out of any traffic issues around epsom he looks like a well-balanced colt and on top of that the two furlongs extra isn't going to bother him you don't get the impression given no. the way he galloped through the line so all the cliches there but um at the prices i think given what we saw at Chester, which I think we'll get on to now, I'd be happier to take a swing with something else, I think, currently. I mean, he's fairly short at five to two. He is very short at five to two. And um, because it's very difficult, Kevin, to gauge the form, that's probably the strongest bit of form yesterday, OK? You know, when he beat Joseph's horse, it looked quite good as well. Um, but it is very difficult to gauge which of the horses that ran the last week, both at Chester, Lingfield on Saturday and Leopardstown yesterday, that have emerged into the Derby picture is the strongest. It's very difficult to kind of just draw the parallel lines, isn't it, at the moment? Um, it is. Like, like, like I mentioned, there's there's different reasons to like them all. You know, like Changing of the Guard and Star of India, you know, I think there are two well-run races. There are two, you know, good, honest races. Changing of the Guard, you know, had a, had a very... Uh, a big talking horse to beat in New London and um, New London kind of failed the Chester test quite clearly um, didn't really enjoy the place uh, didn't run his race changing up the guard went out and kind of ruthlessly exposed that jumped out made all won very well um, like he looks a different horse this season than he did last season um, clearly has a, a great set of attributes for the derby he's going to be a straightforward ride he'll stay well um, you'd be very surprised if the track wasn't fine for him. Um, so his credentials are there. I like Star of India. Um, yes, a, come on, Kev. I'm yeah, here for this now. Why? Just, Tell me why. Um, look, I, it's it's hard to know if he will be good enough. Um, and I don't think Aiden himself knows because you know, even you know, six weeks ago, you know, Aiden was kind of saying, "Look, we don't really know if this is a guinea or a Derby horse because he's lazy at home. Like we, he doesn't show his hand at all. So we're going to run him and we're going to find out." And, you know, what he did the other day, I thought was very impressive. Um, perhaps hard to know the depth of the race. Plenty of them had, you know, unproven stamina. The second and third pulled too hard. But he, like, he, he's a beauty, really. Like, he's a real derby horse. You know, he's not, he's not um, you know, much more than medium size, really well balanced, you know, beautiful temperament. He was asleep in the prelims. He was, you know, Ryan was able to put him to sleep in the race. And when he wanted him, he woke up and went and done his job and, and just buried his head to the floor, you know, like really tries for you. Um, I love like horses a, a, like that who, do, who, who, who when trainers say they're lazy at home and then they switch it on the track. I don't know yeah. why it just makes me really more enamoured to them, like, you know, than a horse yeah. who's, who's always on, you know? Well, it, you don't know where the ceiling is with them. And like, if it, if someone's, if you know, if you're able to draw, you know, and someone said, draw a picture of a Galileo, you draw something very similar to, to, to Star of India and you, you watch him galloping and it was just, it was lovely now. Um, and again, I don't know how good he is. I don't think the lads even do, but um, he has a lovely, lovely set of tools for the test that Epson presents. And um, he'll be a lovely ride. I, like, I don't think he'll be the first string by any means, but he'll be a lovely, lovely ride for, for whoever gets him, you know? Why do you like him, Vanessa? Same reasons? 
Yeah, I mean, much of the same reasons. I think for me, everyone kind of latched on to changing of the guard um, when it comes to those Chester Derby trials for beating, obviously, New London. But a lot of what Kevin's just said, so I won't repeat it, but New London didn't pass the Chester test. No. I mean, just didn't. I mean, he's a big brute of a horse. Would you, uh, would, you put, would you put that down to the track for now? Just instantly, because he's drifting. Uh, he's five to one to 14s one now. Some horses just don't like Chester. It's tight. Yeah, it's do you know... I actually, my notes on it, well, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season, New London is a better rated horse than Changing of the Guard, but not for now, for Epsom, not okay. for the, at the moment. But I wouldn't be surprised if when we look back on the ratings of this year, if, if they both have a season and a proper season, New London's a better horse than Changing of the Guard, which I know is a bold shout, but I'm just putting it out there. I just think it really wasn't his track. And as a result, I'm not really I'm not really rating Changing of the Guard's derby trial because I think he beat a horse that literally just never handled the track from the off. And on top of that, he got a peach of a ride from Ryan Moore, which we saw all week. And then coming on to Star of India, of all the trials, just I liked him the most because he didn't get an easy lead like Thoughts of June or uh, Changing of the Guard. And just the way he went about it, it, he wasn't. He was met with a bit of adversity and he came through it so well. He didn't just have the perfect run round from the front with no uncontested lead. I just thought that he showed more credentials for Epsom in terms of what he's going to experience in June at Epsom if he goes there and then exactly what Kevin said just that head down attitude that real willingness the real typical Galileo vibe about him you know the run through a brick wall type line that keeps getting wheeled out but he has all of it and look just just what Kevin said there might be a classy horse in there that might be Stone Age but for me I just think he stays all day he's gonna handle the track he's bred for it just to perfection and there wasn't a huge amount not to like. And at the prices, he was the one for me, definitely. Before we leave the Derby picture and move on to the Oaks a bit, Kev, which of these is more true to say, do you think? Aidan O'Brien's horses at the moment are in flying form or Ryan Moore is riding out of his skin? Or is it a combination of the two? Obviously, that sounds too stupid a question. Um, I'd say it's probably both two. Um, like Ryan, like I thought... Well, like three, and I know people get carried away about jockeys and every winner rides a great one, etc. Like I thought he was masterful last week. Like for a track that that jockey ship, like there's a huge emphasis on jockey ship around there, and it's very easy to get it wrong. Yeah, and he was just deadly, not just on Aidens, but through the week. And like when you consider like what that family is going through personally at the minute with Josh, like for him to be able to have such laser focus you know once he jumps on and to perform like that like that says so much about him and his mentality as a sportsman you know like I just couldn't have been more impressed you know the whole week because they're they're going through like an exceptionally difficult time yeah um, and it's just it was it was incredible to watch to me like I, I was just blown away and there's there's not many people you know never mind sportsmen i think that that would be able to uh i suppose compartmentalize like that and just do do such an incredibly high level job in those circumstances I guess that's, what ta- that's what makes him him the likes of him and him specifically in this instance at the very top of zero point zero 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 one percent of human beings just being able to have that mindset because so few people can do that i think I guess epitomise Vanessa on, on thoughts of June. Um, I, yeah. you know, I I spoke to Kevin before about uh, above the curve, and um, I, I thought she was very good at winning the previous day. Um, but I, you know, she was 
Strong favour to go and do the business here. Thoughts of June now 16 to 1 for the Cheshire Oaks. Or sorry, for the Oaks, I should say, after winning that. And above the curve has, has drifted slightly. But I mean, I thought Ryan Moore, again, just gave Thoughts of June a, a crack and ride. He, he seemed to time to perfection. Um, above the curve, just couldn't get past her. No, yeah, the, the, um, go ahead, Vanessa. Oh, sorry. I thought, sorry. Um, no, no. Like he, I mean, he, Ryan won that race for Thoughts of June, didn't he? Just the way in which he jumped out the stalls, pushed out the gates. He was kind of careful enough on that first turn not to cause any problem, many major problems. But at the same time, he was on the fine line of being pretty brutal, getting across and leading in the way he wanted to. And then once well, he, well, he, got, did, he did get days. <laughs> yeah, well, he did get days, but it could have been worse, is what I mean. He was right on the line, wasn't he? But, um, I, I personally, I thought it could have been worse, but uh, anyway, yeah, he was pretty brutal there at that first turn. But then after what was it, a furlong and a half that he got the lead, he got into a lovely rhythm with her, nice pace, perfect fractions and above the curve, bless her. She was wide. She traveled much the best. She was, I was, to be honest with you, obviously like everyone else expecting her to run down thoughts of June and she just couldn't get there. But for me, she was still the horse to take out of the race. She traveled so well. Um, and she was left with so much to do. And she, yeah, she was just done over by an absolutely brilliant ride by a man, as we've said, riding at the very top of his game round there. Um, mm. Obviously, I think I, I would be expecting her to reverse the form back again with thoughts of June. I was really surprised that above the curve was pushed out. So I think was it 14 to one for the Oaks after that? Yeah. I mean, Kev Kevin will be able to build on this, but I was looking at the prices we were given ahead of this and you've got the likes of New London was pushed out to 14s for the Derby, I think. And above the curve is 14s for the Oaks. Well, I'd take above the curve at 14s for the Oaks, like every day. Of the I did. I did. I had, a small, I had a small bet at 14 to 1. I was very surprised. I was disappointed she didn't win that race, uh, by the way. And look, Kev, you know, it's probably not your place to be good. With a chain that was on her, I just thought he didn't give her every chance to win the race. I know Ryan was masterful, but I just thought she should have been given a better chance to win that race and she probably would have won it. Uh, but I thought 14 to 1, Vanessa, I, I totally agree. It's too big a price for her for the Oaks. Way too Surely, big. surely. No, uh, to be honest, you like, like I, I thought Shane did a great job, and I know, and I know it's not what you know anyone that's backed her wants to hear, but just you, you have to never lose sight of the context that that it's a trial, it's a stepping stone, and his like it wasn't the intention to be back as far as he was, but it wasn't his fault as such. Like you watch the first fifty yards of that race, and Ryan, she's just half a length slow, and Ryan has come across her. And then Ryan has come across another one who has to take back for half a stride. And then she comes in, in the um, uh, concertina effect. She then comes back on top above the curve. So she's kind of been done twice and she's ended up further back than ideal. And at that stage, kind of like Shane, the thing about it is, is, is if a, a less composed rider, and this is why I like Shane so much. A less composed rider in that situation, riding a short price fav, lots of expectation. It's gone wrong early through no fault of his own. And not a less composed rider would have fallen into the trap to get a bit a bit thick, a bit impatient, and go out, you know, come three wide earlier, you know, out of anxiety to try and give her every chance to win. But Shane, like, did exactly what you'd want him to do in that situation. He waited until you know the, the the just coming into the home straight to come out and go after her because the most the last thing you'd want to happen is that the chain bring her out wider earlier put her into the race earlier use all the petrol to get there and then be going backwards at the line you know it's a trial you want her hitting the line hard and he was unfortunate 
that the one in front of him, you know, got to dictate the pace and is like, especially listening to Aiden this morning, like he, Aiden has a high regard for the winner. And unfortunately for Shane, there was a good horse in front of him that quickened and got a few lengths out of him and he wasn't quite able to reel her in. But I thought she ran a belter. I thought she'd learn a lot from it. Like you'd be delighted with her in the prelims. You know, that would have been a shock to her system. You know, she would never have met an atmosphere like she met at Chester the other day. She was brilliant in the prelims. And you'd love the way she travelled through the race. We all saw that the ground she made up you know, I'm just on that crest of the bend where the angle changes. Like she showed a lovely turn of foot to get her to give herself a chance. Like I thought it was a big run. Look, what was it disappointing? Was it disappointing to get beaten? Of course it was. You'd rather the head went the other way. But in terms of her long term um, prospects, I, I thought it was it, it, it was it was a really good step in the right direction. Any was there any? I I wondered. My only negative about her, I agree with everything you said, I suppose. But my only negative is she definitely did lug in a little bit to the rail and just like obviously the camber at uh, Epsom. And I was just wondering if yes, she handled the track, but you know, is she a really really balanced filly for Epsom? I wouldn't worry about it. She actually did it a lot worse at Leopardstown the time before. You know, okay. she, once she yeah. got to the front, she just leaned that way. Um, like it, it was more subtle at Chester than yeah. it was at Leopardstown. Uh, look, she's learning. Like she don't like don't underestimate. Like, this is a big filly. Like this is a yeah. big she's girl. She's huge, isn't uh, she? And, she's and cool. She's, she and she's learning the way on the job. Uh, and I thought that was a really good step in the right direction. And I'm even more encouraged to be honest. Um, this morning, like Aiden was talking quite highly of the winner. You know, he he couldn't really believe that above the curve put the winner away so well at Leopardstown. And mm-hmm. look, she did get the run of it at Chester, but I'd say she's not a bad filly either. You know, and to spot her whatever above the curve spot, they're kind of four or five lengths and having to go three wide um, just at the end of the bend. You know, I thought she did a pretty big job to get as close as she did. So uh, yeah. a little bit like Buckaroo and Pizbadil, you know, like my view was Buckaroo was, you know, would, 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 was the best horse in that race. Like my view would be above the curve was the best horse in this race. Um, and she will I see, uh, like, um, um, you know, we'll see if she goes for the Oaks. Um, I, I suspect she will, but that, that's a decision for, for, um, for all involved to make. So um, we'll see, but uh, I'd, be, I'd be looking forward to a rematch now. I made the point before the show that I'd be very surprised if classic season finishes without Joseph having won a classic at some point. I feel like he's got a whole like clutch there. And Kevin's going, oh, no, 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 playing it down. Then you come on the show, Kevin, you're giving it the big one about her. Well, like he yeah. only like he only has a handful of contenders. Like I've been in I've been Ballyd Oil this morning, Vanessa. He's gonna have six in the Derby and probably four in the Oaks, you know, when you're up against uh, that. It's, it's not about it's when you're up about against that, it's hard. It's about yeah. quality. That's true. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on her anyway, above the curve. Definitely not one to write off for the Oaks 40 to one seems very big as well. Um, and I also, by the way, not that anyone cares, a little five reach way on Luxembourg for the arc in October, given how the campaign might be pushed now. I think a big price comes to time. Anyway. That's neither here nor there. Before we leave the Oaks, Kev, uh, Tranquil Lady, um, obviously we should mention as well, uh, above the curve, I take over the two for me, but like, were you pleased with her? Must have been. Delighted, yeah, because I think everyone involved was fairly sick um, with her reappearance run. Um, The the hopes were fairly high going there and um, she just got a kind of a a hard spin around. She got caught wide and they went steady enough and she was disappointing. So it was fantastic to see her bounce back and do that because she's she's a filly that's always looked really nice. Um, she's a half sister to State of Rest, obviously. Uh, another one for Tina Kill, they'd be delighted. <laughs> uh, she, that that mare has been wonderful for them. And yeah, yeah, this, this is a nice filly now. 
Um, delighted with the other day. Thought, thought she was really good. And um, sure, with a bit of luck, she'll, uh, she'll end up at Epsom as well and, and be a live one. Seven to one from uh, 25s, uh, which is quite a, quite a cut. I mean, and again, just when you compare off the curve and her, I just find it interesting sometimes the way bookmakers react. Um, but look, interesting. And as you say, like it's a, you know, as Vanessa said as well, you know, we can say that if you, if you can, Kev, we think Joseph Wine is definitely winning the Classic this season. What about what about Desert Crown? Obviously, we have York this week. And Moneyback Special, by the way, on Wednesday, just to let um, our listeners know, in the 150 on Wednesday, Moneyback Special, if your horse fails to place in the 150 p.m., on Wednesday, we have the Dante and we have the favourite for the Dante, Kevin, in Desert Crown at 11 to 8, who we haven't seen. Now, we just won one in the race course so far. Nottingham, obviously a very impressive run at that. Um, but because Luxembourg has come out again, his price is contracted now for the Derby. Um, big gamble, 7 to 1. Um, uh, how do you expect him to go? Uh, Michael Stout seems to be, think a lot of him. What do you think? Yeah, like he, he's an interesting one, isn't he? He was kind of very below the radar until yeah. the last couple of weeks. Um, like he's by Nathaniel, uh, I suppose best known as the sire of, of Enable. Like they would generally do well with time and distance. Um, like he must yeah. have been a, a perler of an individual because he made 280 grand as a yearling, you know, at a time where Nathaniel's kind of average might have been, you know, I think I'm looking at it here, his median was 25 grand, you know, his average was was 56. Uh, his average was certainly helped by this fella, but he mu- must be a, a perler of an individual as well. And it was good to see him get out when he did and uh, as a two-year-old and win well. Um, so, yeah, look, we'd be fascinated to see how he goes. Um, you know, Sir Michael Stout, Derby's, you know, it'll, it'll get the, it'll get the, the the older supporters, I suppose, quite excited with, with all the history there. And it would be great for him to have a, a live one again. Um, but Dante will tell us plenty, won't it? Yeah. Are you looking forward to seeing Desert Crown, um, Vanessa? Are you as excited as other people seem to be about his prospects after just one race course appearance? Uh, I'm I'm not really here for that. No, no, I just uh, <laughs> look like I'm looking forward to the Dante. Love this meeting. It's going to be great. And mm. yeah, like if, if he comes out and puts in a sparkling performance. But I think a lot of uh, the hype around him is sort of nostalgic. Everyone wants Stout to have a proper classic contender. Everyone's rooting for that in racing. And I understand that element. I do. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm yet to get excited about a horse that's just at this stage in his career um but look i'll be i'll be eating humble pie if he comes out and absolutely bolts up i don't know what's going to line up in the dante at this stage but um, look it's not for me right now yeah no fair enough okay brilliant some other um, notable results to talk about from the last week kevin i did tune into at the races i wasn't i didn't mean to i, I said i don't want to hear your voice anymore but i just stumbled upon it as stupid if you were happy to be talking just after the jester cup win and cleveland's win and your words were i think your quote was god this is a right good horse to win the race in the manner in which you did and in fairness you were bang on i mean it was a it was a drama filled race as they generally tend to be but this horse had to do it, dodging bumper cars, in and out, left, right, coming from behind, and still managed to go up and win. And it could be a cracking two-mile horse now for uh, for the season. Yeah, I'd say he is a right horse now, because that was, mm-hmm. it, it was a, me- like, Chester Cups are never easy win now, but this was a messy Chester Cup. It was messy. Um, there, there was, oh God, there was a few pulling, like, Mustangs there in mid-Davon, <laughs> and he was dropped in kind of further back than mid-Davon, <sighs> you know, stepping up over a mile in trip. <laughs> Which is, you know, pretty unprecedented in this day and age. Uh, but geez, he, he settled beautifully. Head was on the floor, and uh, Ryan was just picking his way. Pick. We we're we're all of us there up in the up in the, the Sky Sports Racing podium. We're kind of we all we're all watching him 
because he was such an unknown and there was and he we were all really taken by him in the prelims like geez he's a he's a class looking horse like like he, he i know he's a year too old now but if he was walking around the ring and you know before derby like he'd stand out like he, he really is that classy looking and we're all watching him and you're like oh brave man's rude for ryan and it's just i know you're a hostage to the fortune a little bit but he just picked his way picked his way came out at the right time and once he got out you're like uh-huh, here we go and um i i just thought it was as as, as magic a ride now as you'd ever see in, in a race like that and um, and he must be a right horse um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the what the handicapper does with him. I suppose he can't do loads with him. He only won a neck. Um, yeah. But what race do you go for next? You know, I don't know. I think he'd have a. I must double check it. I think he'll have a, he'd have a penalty in the in the Queen Alexandra. Aiden actually mentioned the Queen Alexandra this morning, but he was he was like me. He wants to go in and have a look at the conditions to see what weight he carry, etc. He'll be rated the the Ascot Stakes is is an all to one hundred, so he won't be able to run in that. You know, they could roll the big dice and go for the Ascot Gold Cup. It's but, 10 to uh, 1 for that. 10 to 1 from 66 to 1. But, you know, if he if he was trained down the road and owning, I think <laughs> I, I'd, be, I'd be going nudge, nudge. There's a race down in Flemington there in the first Tuesday in November. Do you think you they know, go for the Melbourne Cup, would you? Yeah? You'd, you'd love to land them down there now on a nice weight because, geez, you'd have all the attributes now. And uh, and I think you know Ryan have to go through seventy five years of quarantine and injecting dye into a system and all that together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't be it won't be quite as bad. They've got rid of the the full body um the full body scintography, which is which was the worst of them. Um, I think it, it'll just no, be CT scans this year, so it's not as bad. It'll still be a bit of a nightmare, but it won't be quite as bad a nightmare as last year was. But um, God, he would be. He would be a fun horse now if you got him to the if you got him into the starting stalls for the Melbourne Cup now of a handy weight. Uh, I, I, I'd be pretty happy with him, I'd say, because he looks to have all the tools for that race. So now look, he need to go up again. You kind of want to be, you know, geez, these this day and age, kind of 108, 110 Irish to 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 get into that race. So off his revised mark, I don't know, he might be 105, 106. So it'll yeah. take a bit of. Um, it, it, it'll it'll take a bit of um, skill to land them there off, off the right weight, but yeah, I, I loved him now. Loved As a, him. Jeez, we should give a, We should give a nod to Contrail, Coltrane. Sorry, Coltrane. Having said all of that, um, on the basis that you know, I think he was trained to perfection for this race and went down a neck to basically what looks like a potential group rated horse, and you know he did. If you if you all those comments on board, Re Cleveland. The, basically the exact opposite applies for Coltrane in the sense of he was keen, he was prominent, he had to, you know, he didn't help himself really, but um, he got run down by a horse like Cleveland and your heart kind of did go out to him a bit and connections of him. Mm. Um, I think that was at the time, I think it was Andrew Balding's sixth second in seven days or something. And, oh, you know, is it that yeah. bad? I think it was that. I mean, look, he's had loads of winners too and his horses are really running well. But I think in the last seven days, he's had six seconds and that oh, must no. have been an absolute heartbreaker to see the <laughs> Bally Doyle horse coming out the pack in the way he did to run him down a neck on the line. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I did but, I did feel I did feel for them. I did. But just, just, just wider. Like, I, I just, I was, it was, it was so called to go for the Chester Cup, wasn't it? Like, rated whatever he was, 97, 98, you know, he'd come back from over a year off, over yeah. 10 furlongs, and had kind of come into the race like he was going to be heavily involved and then got tired. Like, just, uh, 
you know this is kind of my cup of tea, but just the the, the thought process to end to end up going for a Chester Cup and winning it. I just that that really set me alight. Now I thought that was some call. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. you have the performance to go with it and the ride. Like oh yeah, Something yeah else. no I, yeah. I look at obviously you know selfishly you'd love to see him line up as well in the Ascot Gold Cup and um, because of the. Um, I guess the nearest of dating it, but also if you went to Melbourne, as Kevin said, look, you, you wouldn't blame him, you know, taking a chance on a horse like that. And um, what about Hamish then? Um, Vanessa, Tarmarkhan, and William Haggis uh, did it quite nicely to win the Ormond under a penalty as well. Um, did you like that? Yeah, I actually only watched this race once, to be honest with you, but I was pleased for connections. Um, yeah. Owned by, he's owned by Brian Haggis, so William's dad. And so those colours and that sort of victory uh, goes down very well, obviously. And uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I actually don't know where they're thinking. Of, are they thinking of going to the Yorkshire Cup next with him, Kev? Was that, was that being shouted about? Um, they mentioned Ascot, ground dependent. Like, uh, yeah, but, you know, to me, like, well, I'd like to see his kind of stamina tested again. They tried him in the long distance cup and I, I just don't think he was himself on the day. But like, can he win a group one over a mile and a half? Like, I, no. with all due respect, I, I think you'd be seriously surprised. But could he be a factor um, over two miles at the highest level? I suspect he could be, you know, granted he gets his ease in the ground. Um, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think the basis said wherever he, wherever he goes, they're going to mind him with the ground because he has had a he did have a tendon injury at one point and they, they need to look after him. You know, they yeah. um that team and Brian like Yorkshire born and bred. Uh, he lives relatively near to me, and winning anything in Yorkshire means about I think means about four times as much as winning mm. anything else, and that probably includes Royal Ascot. Like they're just like proper Yorkshire folk through and through. So. I, I I expect we might see his biggest day up north. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I think matched at 20 to 1 as well um, at one stage of the race. So um, if you're on the machine there and you made a few quid, fair play to you. Um, we should mention the Coventry then. Um, Little Big Bear is, I think, the new favourite for the Coventry now, Kevin, after uh, finally getting off the mark. Um, at the weekend, looks looked a decent performance. I thought Aiden O'Brien happy. I, I saw Aiden like he had to do a pretty much a whole synopsis with them um, with Gary O'Brien on, on Racing TV to kind of go through all of the last week. But little big bear, and um, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, it was very impressive. Now um, Joseph likes the runner up a lot. Um, really? And yeah. Yeah, little big bear, and I put him away fairly well. So yeah. I'd say I don't know if there'd be a better fast one in Ballydoyle, and if there is. <laughs> We all better be very afraid because um, yeah. he, he looks the right one. I think that maiden that, that, that he was second and first time now is, is very strong form. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he looks a proper one. I think I haven't um, collated my notes from this morning now, but from memory, I, I think Aiden said that he, he wouldn't necessarily run again. And um, I, I, I couldn't pin him down to whether it would be the Norfolk or the Coventry. Um, he said he'd be happy with either, but he'd kind of play it by ear and, and decide a little bit closer, I think. He's joined favourite um, Noble Style, 6-1 to one for the Coventry now. From one little big bear to another little big bear. Hello, Bear. Hi, listening to us. Bear is um, on Vanessa's lap. Ah, yeah. Bear. There she is. <laughs> I, um, I was actually at Ascot and saw Noble Style win uh, in, excuse the pun, but pretty emphatic style. Uh, there was a lot to like about that, actually. I think right. I think that novice race at Ascot on Saturday uh, will turn out to be a really good novice race. 
The second, I really liked Wallbank as well, and they pulled a couple of lengths clear at the rest of the field. But even yeah. like a couple of horses, even Eve Johnson Horton's horse ran a really solid race, given um, the fact that he was on the back foot from early, and I think he finished nearly last. And like, I genuinely think there'll be loads of winners out of this novice race. And Noble Style, like, despite the fact it looked a decent enough novice race, Noble Style went off six to four fav for the team for the Appleby team. Um, Look, bred beautifully, cost plenty, Kingman Colt. Uh, just think the front two are going to be well, well above average. And it's, an, it's a novice that's thrown up a couple of decent winners before. And of the other novices, there was also... Um, he, yeah, Noble Style, just like everything about him, by the way, like in the paddock, he was lovely. Like you could tell he was a very expensive horse, uh, like behaved impe impeccably. And then the way he went through the race, bit of kick at the end, just so much to like about him. And yeah. the second as well, who, who um, yeah, just the two of the nice types. And then Ascot also, you saw on the Friday, that Omni Queen win for Ammo Racing, won a novice race. She looks like a really, really sharp, fast, proper Royal Ascot two-year-old filly. Loads to like about her as well. So I think, although main focus obviously was at Chester and elsewhere on over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, I think there's a couple of really smart novices there. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we leave, Darren Beattie, who's sending a question on this, we have to mention N'Golo winning the, the Swinton as well. Did you cry when N'Golo finally got his head in front, Tony? <laughs> I'm sure he did because he wasn't on them, I don't think. And neither was any, neither was, were any of us on N'Golo when he uh, finally did get a 28 to 1. Uh, oh, my God. Well, there you go. If we kept the faith, we'd have been laughing all the way to the bank. But sure, look, there you go. That's the game. Right. Um, your listener questions then. And thanks for everyone who, who replied to Tony Calvin. At the usual shout out on Sunday night. Um, Harry Diamond, we've, uh, well, I think we answered this pretty much. If Varian says that Eden's going to Epsom, then he surely must be a single figure price with arguably the best bit of form, Bar Luxembourg. Um, yeah, I've, I look, I mean, it depends what you take from that, but obviously the, the shake up of the picture over the last few days as well um, is interesting in regards to Derby. Uh, Roger Nell says, uh, given the average sales price per horse against performance, why does Roger Varian get such a pass with the media? Betting markets seem to live or love his shorties as well. I presume that means. Does he get a pass at the media? I well, I I I don't know. I I never. I I saw this question and I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. Like I know he has a lot of expensive horses, but price doesn't always equate to a good horse. We all know that. That's not yeah. the way this 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 works. And it's not necessarily him buying them at the sales. If he's got owners who want to keep bidding on horses and they end up costing a lot of money, then that and they get sent to him, then marvelous. He's happy to take them. But it's not um look, obviously he does buy horses from the sales, but I don't think it's fair to say that just because the horses that end up in his yard are expensive uh, means they should be winning more, which is, I think, what the, the question is kind of referring to, is it? Yeah, I think so. You know, price tag doesn't always equate to um, abilities. So, I don't know, can he be hard on, on somebody just because of the money that they paid? And um, Pat Harkin says, could a one mile two furlong horse win the Derby this year? Seems a very weak one to me. And I think a turn of foot could be enough to win it this year. Might well be. I don't know. But oh, it's never enough to win it. They've got to stay. It's never like we, I think. Yeah. I, I, you know, the track doesn't change. And yeah, you can look at the, obviously the shape of the race and when they all line up, the profile of the race can lean towards more of a speedier type or stay. Obviously we know that given it, like depending on who lines up, but ultimately it's the derby and it takes some get getting. Yeah. yeah. Still have to get the trip. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Harold Roberts says, I'll try again. The customer experience is dealing with bookmaker chat services. It's turning casuals off. Never mind regulars. This is all happening in an environment where other industries have really upped their game 
in customer service. We have higher expectations these days. I can't say I use um, chat services too much on bookmaker accounts. Kevin, I mean, is it an issue for you every day? Do you try to get on, talk to somebody? <laughs> um, no. no. Yeah. Are you chat, um, chatting away to the customer service team there? Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it's it's kind of a wider thing, I suppose. I know from experiences in other sectors, you you, you know, automated replies and you're trying, all you want to do is talk to someone, a real person, and it can be a bit of a frustration yeah. at times, but um yeah i do get people tweeting me occasionally with frustrations um you know and i, I know there is a view there that the that standards could be higher but i think it's mirrored across a lot of industries isn't it um it's just mm. the it, yeah. it's it's, a, it's something that tends to drive people a bit nuts because obviously if you're getting onto customer services it's because you have a problem and when there's mm. delays and, and roundabouts etc it's only going to drive you even more nuts so yeah i'll empathize with anyone that has issues Absolutely. Ryan Jackson, if there's not a standout performance in the Dante, and Luxembourg is fit to run, he's not in the Derby. How likely is it that Aiden will saddle the first three or four home at Epson? But it um, does seem to be mob-handed. As of this morning, I think he was kind of speculating that he might have kind of as many as six, possibly. Wow. Um, that's the kind of zone he's in now. Like, there's there's provision there. That's for not maybe... unusual, though, Kev, right? It's not unusual. Not, no, not terribly. Six. No, no. Um, um, there, there would be provision within that maybe for one one or maybe, who knows, maybe two to get kind of um, yeah. parachuted into Shantee for the for the pretty shocking club, perhaps. But, um, yeah, I'd say he'll be he'll be mob-handed. be interesting to see what kind of a derby it is field size-wise because it's not the most... Now, with Luxembourg out, it certainly looks wide open. And if you had one in the mix, you'd be inclined to have a crack. So uh, it'd be fascinating to see if it's one of those kind of 14-15 runner derbies or maybe a bit tighter than that. And okay. I think, like results over like you know last couple of years couple of bigger priced horses running good races and placing and nicking black type in a couple of classics i think like things seem to go in trends don't they and i i, I would be with you kev i'd expect a few people to be throwing some horses in there that may not all may not have traditionally looked like the type to take a swing with but i think uh, a couple of results from last year will give people a bit of hope that you might get a good run you know who knows like there was some yeah. turn up for the books is what i mean hey, especially in the places Exactly. It's great. There's, like, I'm, there's only one derby in, in this particular discipline of horse racing. We don't have a, a Ryanair derby or some other option to uh, to duck and dive. There, there is only <laughs> one derby. And we, there is, a, you know, we the Guineas had real full competitive fields. And uh, yeah, it's great to see, isn't it? Got a lot of flat racing, that. lads. Hey, you got to be careful what tweets you like these days, by the way, guys. Um, because Vanessa, oh put up, <laughs> Vanessa put up a tweet there last week. She was um, said the job wasn't exactly hard up at Chester Race yesterday. Top class hospitality and offer off the track and some class racing on the track. Here's to a good week. And um, lo and behold, that tweet ends up on this new account called Racing Creeps. And Vanessa, you must have been delighted with that. You must be delighted to make your, your first appearance, your first of many on at Racing Creeps on Twitter. How did you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, Racing Creeps is basically, I have absolutely no idea, obviously, who's running this account. But it's essentially like the, the police of perverts, the pervert police. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, why not? Like, I mean, obviously, I'm absolutely delighted because I think it's 95% the owner mayor. Deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> have, she does like, seem to attract a few headbangers, aren't we? I mean, she really does. The poor girl, she's like got the pervert group absolutely sewn <laughs> up on social media. And uh, anyway, now Racing Creeps is here and it's sort of 
pulling out a few of them and showcasing them for what they are creeps yeah and i'm, yeah. I'm liking it yeah, yeah. it's great i'm just delighted to like i i i'm i rarely get hit on and so really beggars can't be choosers so maybe i should be just appreciating some of the creep attention <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the guy, the guy who made the remark under which you made the the racing creeps, uh, just had a picture of a horse on it. So I think you must be careful. Yeah, I mean that, that's there. my level. That's my level, Dad. <laughs> but anyway, oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. Ben says, "What are the three main racing channels going to actually grow some balls and speak about Sheikh Mohammed rather than congratulating him on winners? When does Marl start? When do Marl start uh, to come over money?" Ah, uh, uh, you're talking know. to the wrong person. I don't have a moral compass, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking, says, I'm joking. I'm yeah. joking. That was a joke. Um Matt says, um, or sorry, Michael says, Mikhail will says, when will the racing post fix their god-awful app? Is it bad? Well, never mind that. We're at the races have revamped our app, so get across to us instead. Yeah. Look at me. Cut me in two and I'd be at the races, go. wouldn't I? Just I'd bleed at the races. I'd bleed at the races. <laughs> Matt, Matt Cook says, Why is it so difficult to get a bet on the Kentucky Derby? Every year the excuses due to regulatory licensing, but some bookies do offer market. I can understand not streaming the race on the website, but I don't understand why no markets are available even on the exchange. Yeah, sure. Look, I think most betting operators would love to take bets on it, but sure, look, if you're not licensed to do so, um, you know they can't. So <laughs> I yeah, don't think it, it'd be it'd be a matter of. It's just um, simply a licensing issue, then, is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Um, right. A um, couple of more then before we leave, folks. Uh, Liam D says, "Is it time someone had a word in Ted Walsh's ear? Read his dialogue on RT. It's 2022. You can't come around saying horses deserve a hiding on live daytime TV, figure of speech or not. It's totally out of order." embarrassing at times well look two things on this um, and the guys can have their opinion but he he did say it on air he probably shouldn't have said it on air he has apologised for it and I think that's pretty much it put to bed what do you want him to be sacked to be fired over he shouldn't have said it he's apologised for it and I think that's the end of it do you guys have a stronger view than that on it? Oh, look, he said the wrong thing and he apologised for it. You know, I think we, we, anyone with a jot of sense knows he didn't mean it literally. Yeah, and he doesn't um, go around hitting horses like, you know, is what we're saying. So, um, but, you know, but, it's, just a, it's just the day and age we're in, isn't it? You know, there is, there is a, a, an increased emphasis on welfare. Um, and, you know, it's just you, you can't be too casual with your language in that regard. And she looked like you say he's apologised. Uh, this day and age, people don't seem to be happy until a fella gets sacked. But, <laughs> you cancel know, that, culture. And, and, and it's all about sad. cancel culture, isn't cancel. it? This is it. Yeah. It's, it's very sad. But, um, you know, let, let the man that uh, never made a mistake be the one to, to pull the trigger on a second, you know. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's gone a bit over the top now. But uh, he apologised. And um, that, you know, there you go. And that's it, isn't it? That's it. Look, yeah, 100%. And si uh, final one then. Simon Macca says, uh, will Sinn Féin be good for racing in Northern Ireland? <laughs> well, you, Simon, you I haven't, I haven't well, a clue. Well, you say it, but you know it would be a, it has been a cause of concern for quite some time in Irish racing. In the in the the hypothetical scenario that Sinn Féin do come to power is certainly in the Republic, and it's not it's, it's a long way from a million to one. It's a lot shorter than that because they have expressed um, some views publicly. Some of their representatives over the years that would uh, would suggest that if they did come to power, that they wouldn't look too kindly on the the horse and greyhound fund. You know, which is absolutely crucial to Irish racing. Um, I know, God, in the, in the middle, in the kind of post-Gordon Elliott thing, I was on a couple of um, mainstream things and ended up having a few debates with, with Matt Carty, um, who, who is um, 
you know, Sinn Féin TD and uh, on racing and the funding it gets, etc. Uh, and I, I thought he was quite reasonable about it. Um, he, you know, he under, I think they understand the importance of it to the rural economy, the contribution it makes to, to, to the economy in general. So look, if, if it does come to pass, and like I say, it's not a million to one, you'd hope that, um, you know, sometimes with politics, you know, the, the op- when, when people are in opposition, they can make some very kind of bombastic statements and, uh, and what have you. But when they come to power, it's, you know, a bit of realism sets in. So it, it'd be yeah. it'd be interesting. <laughs> I don't think it'd be considered a good result for the industry if it did happen, you know, putting all putting uh, politics, uh, personal preferences aside, etc. So it would be, I tell you, it would be an interesting time if it did happen. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, on that bombshell, we will leave it. Uh, don't forget the money back special I mentioned Wednesday, the York meeting, uh, the Dante one fifty, and Wednesday the money back special is if your horse fails to place money back as a free bet on the exchange and the sports book. Check betfair.com for terms and conditions. My thanks to Vanessa. My thanks to Kevin as well, and all the best to our good friend Mr. Tony Calvin. We will be back with racing only better on Thursday uh, of next week. Uh, to look ahead to the meeting and obviously enjoy York as well this week. Okay, mind yourselves. Talk to you soon.